beautiful bastards. I'm Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> I'm Orla McNeilis. And this is not a weekly podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Recommendation Game. Uh, and not a film podcast of the week. Uh, where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. And then we meet to discuss it. Uh, and you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Uh, we are talking about this is not a film from 2011. It was chosen by Orla. Yay. It is... Not. Not starring Jafar Panahi and Mojaba... Yep, Mo- uh, Mojaba Mirtamas. Uh, that, yeah, that's a good stab. That'll do. Okay. And the synopsis is... It's been months since Jafar Panahi, stuck in jail, has been w- waiting verdict by the appeals court. That is a lie. He's, <laughs> he's on home, uh, home arrest. House Not arrest. In ge- house arrest, yeah. <laughs> uh, by depicting a day in his life, Panahi and uh, Mojaba Mirtamaz try to portray the deprivation looming contemporary Iranian cinema as he is banned from filmmaking. So, <clears throat> the other one is makes a video diary with his phone in response to his government's threats against him. Like, none of the That's synopsis it? in the movie yeah, that, yeah. Like, no. make. No. Like, they sound like user descriptions. This is not a synopsis of this movie. <laughs> Actually. <clears throat> uh, so, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Um, or this not movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't pick it because um, I didn't watch this until um, I think in the last year or so. Because I remember film spotting um, another great podcast. Um, <laughs> they every so often they do like a kind of a season of different movies, like a filmmaker or you know a different like a genre or whatever. And they did yep. um, they did Iranian cinema, and uh, they uh, they I can't remember if they actually watched this or not, or if they because they were talking a lot about Taxi, and I remember whenever um, Taxi came out as well, which is his more recent film, uh, which is also great. But um, yeah, um, I thought this was just be interesting on really a number of levels um what i think is just is so great about this is that for something that on its surface is incredibly simple like if you try to describe this movie to somebody it's it's indescribable almost in its simplicity i think underneath um he's kind of somehow i don't i'm not entirely sure how they manage it able to to give this strange depth um around the filmmaking process around construction around like the silencing of creativity around the political idea the idea of um his his loss almost of of like his passion of his frustration but then also like um the strange kind of claustrophobia of it and um i just like the nature of of creativity as well and um it's also like just a, a strange little like <laughs> like full, it's like it's a, it's very much a film of moments. I think of of like all these these strange little encounters where um, you can never really be sure what is accidental and what was orchestrated and and what what ultimately like you know what what did they have all together whenever they went to put this together to create you know what is is it a film isn't it a film I think it's a film but it's a it's a film that has obviously an incredibly. Um, uh, well interesting but also tragic um context and uh i just i <laughs> this film begins and even whenever you know anything about it it's still i think incredibly surprising like 
he himself is um, an incredibly interesting character and uh, we can talk a bit about more about that later on and then also like the the relationship between him and the cameraman and because obviously he as well I think after this was also arrested because I think he made a movie yeah. as well and like it, it's it's well like he's a very very prominent documentary yeah. and so it's not like in Iranian cinema so yeah. like uh, I do think that it's more than just a cameraman oh yeah obviously like but um it's I, I just it it's just so it's so interesting and like indescribable but obviously as well um, I think there's an awful lot to talk about here. So um, it, it it is kind of uh, something a bit different, I think, than, well, most films, but also than something we've talked about, you know, different to what we've talked about before, even in relation to like documentary and stuff. And I know it's not our first Iranian movie, but um, uh, yeah, so I, I was very, I was curious. Um, I thought that you would relate to this as well because of the, because he does delve into the nature of, of, of filmmaking and, and what constitutes a film and, and, like this is one of the most self-reflexive things, but and and not in a trite way. You know what I mean? I th- I think it's it's really interesting. So yeah. um, uh, what do you think? Well, uh, it's one like probably the most direct autobiographical work that we've seen so far. That like we've yeah. dealt with a few movies that are autobiographical so yeah. far, and this is obviously the most direct one because it is a just slice of life, almost like day mm. in the life kind of documentary and like uh the like just like iranian cinema as a whole as well it's something that always fascinates me because it is a situation that is very restrained uh by the powers that be but it's still like a very vibrant uh scene let's say yeah so it's that kind of weird thing how limitations uh can uh in the correct Produce, yeah yeah the, like uh it foments creativity in a way that like this movie for example is like part of that you can tell like partly it's just him being bored of staying at home and like getting Mm. somebody to to come in and like spend the day with him what will we do yeah like just you know and they're almost like kids when you're like your parents are away or something and you're you're giving a camera it's like oh what can we do and he's not allowed to write or direct as well like, uh, I did really like it. And it's a movie that, uh, for the first about half, like, it's by far the shortest film that we, like... Mm, it's only, like, an hour and it's, 10 or yeah, hour and 15 or something. It's, a uh, like, uh, what I would call a third of a postman. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Which is not an insult. <laughs> in like, um... <laughs> uh, the, like, uh... I think the first half, uh, I was kind of going like, where the fuck is this movie going? Yeah. Like, because, uh, like, after they start doing the room, like, the, the part of the when he's trying to say what the film he was trying to create was, mm. was by far the weakest part of the movie, I think. I think that section is slightly too long. Yeah. I think but what's interesting about that is the second time they try to go back when he really breaks down. And I think as well he becomes less um sort of running through the motions he's becoming much more involved he's really acting it out very he's kind of getting to the more emotional part of the script as well and it when he eventually just gives up i think but the first part of it because it is quite near the start of the film you're a bit kind of like what the fuck well like uh, it, uh, for me it's more that it was, it's 
the the only moment in the film that uh, Jaffer is not really being himself mm. that you can tell that he's like there thinking even how he says oh cut and then the interestingly his friend goes like you can't say that because it's against the law for you yes. to to direct and at first I was thinking oh he's taking offense the <clears throat> Jaffer is telling him what to do yeah. behind the camera but then I realized no it's because if he cuts there his friend is like the, yeah uh, but I really like the moment that uh, I, I started to love the the film is when all the shit about the fireworks yeah starts kicking in that you realize what's like really in the background of this world uh, and also when the, your one is trying to like pawn off her dog to oh people oh my god and it's the most hilarious thing where he actually accepts the dog and like, the dog is like two seconds <laughs> starts losing it's, it's a shit. moment it's a moment of complete perfection yeah. Yeah. that only happens in the randomness of life like where literally like <laughs> he, let, he lets in this little dog and you never see her as well which I love that she's always in the other side of a door or the left or whatever and like, the dog just comes in and just kind of goes hmm and then like immediately clocks the other guy and just starts barking and like <laughs> your mom goes back and he's just like what and just like throws the dog and she's like she's like oh it'll only be for an hour it'll only be for an hour like it's it's um yeah i i think that this film has two of like that and also um iggy the iguana yeah. quite possibly some of the best animals in movies drama or documentary in no quite direction possibly ever like that that scene like uh, see I, what really grabbed me in this film from the very beginning is like um when his wife leaves him a message yeah and he's pottering around and it's like it's so mundane but yeah. like completely illustrates their relationship like you never need to see her you just hear that very small little bit of their life and like don't forget to feed eggy and you're like oh who's eggy or whatever and then um whenever yeah, he like, goes over just cuts to like the, the the kid the season two of the wire he's like don't forget to feed eggy <laughs> so great because like he's going over and he's just like come on come on we're going to be friends and he's just like Neh. but then, like, when he's sitting there and it's like it's this fucking brilliant juxtaposition between like the the almost like farcical nature of his situation like it's completely illustrated by this fucking massive iguana and the thing is just crawling all over him just like Neh. he's like your nails are too long you're like icky <laughs> I love also that like, his excuse for to like get rid of the dog when the dog is there is that it's like Iggy is scared, Iggy is scared, he's scaring Iggy. And he's like, oh, but uh, he's perfectly safe. I know Iggy doesn't like it. Like, but it's so perfect when it happens. It's like when he's on his laptop and it's like he can't go on any websites because everything is censored. And like, you know, he's doing this and he's kind of like frustrated with it and the thing's crawling over him. And then like later, whatever, the thing is like crawling up the back of the bookcase. And the cameraman keeps going from him talking to his lawyer to this massive iguana. Like it's, it's like, it's like Herzog. Yeah. Like it's, it's just this bizarre, surreal, perfect moment. Like I love that iguana so much. But then, obviously, uh, they will get more into into uh, the film. But it's like one of those. Uh, it reminded me where you were saying the Herzog of uh, 
and Grizzly man when yeah. uh, he's talking about how Timothy Treadwell knew how to, when to keep the camera rolling to allow like the beauty of like the moment thing that to unfold yeah the, and the instinct uh, of that yeah and I love the the whole how he just starts following the garbage man yeah and that oh, like that so perfect that, that is like when that starts happening is when the movie uh stop being just a good movie and became like a masterpiece that scene is like it, because also it, like it ties everything that happened before and after and it's a movie that lives within context mm. that even like knowing that it had to be smuggled out of iran to make it in premiering in like in Cannes, and how also that like the the film itself it's called this is not a film not only because of the arguments of Oh, uh, did they make? Uh, oh, is this a movie or not? Yeah. But also, like the it's a big point of like to the government is like, oh, don't arrest me. This is not a film yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Even in the title, it's like a middle finger. You know, it's he. He is like this. He is a like fantastic rebel, but in this very like, he has an incredible like a very interesting temperament. I think, and he's very filmable yeah as well like as a character and as is his friend as well like his friend is like this sort of like sage like um you know advisor almost like a man who is in the complete you know could as easily and eventually is in the same situation as him like yeah he's there like he comes over because he's like what happened you know he comes over just on a phone call kind of thing and uh i think though that the two of them um are, are just I, I would have watched three hours of this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like, I, I think the, the, the film is a perfect length for well, what yeah, it but... is because, uh, otherwise, it, like, that's the thing is that it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome whatsoever. Yeah. And I think it's that the flow of it is that kind of like perfection of just randomness that's like any other day, this film would be something completely different because they're yeah. shooting just on that day. Like, um, even it, like I wonder what the fuck they uh for did to to get banned because like I remember watching shit like the hunter like Rafi Pitts movie mm. that is like really like unveil kind of criticism of the Iranian government. That's after this, isn't it? Uh, no, it came out like a couple of years before. Did it? Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. Like we would have been in college when yeah. it came out. Uh, and. Uh, and also, like the in that movie is the it was done so like down, down low and dirty that uh, like with such a low budget that <laughs> when the main actor showed up like two hours on the first day, Rafi Pitts fired him, but had to act in it himself <laughs> because he had no other option, no time to recast or whatever. Mm. And he gives an amazing performance, but like. Uh, Jaffer's films are always has have always been like political, but a lot more subtle. The yeah, uh, the pitch would have been so, like that. That's why I wonder. And it's in a way that I find weird how like a separation and uh, and such got such praise in a way for working within that system. But mm. I, like my biggest problem with the separation is that it doesn't go far enough to criticize what they're trying to criticize, you know? Yeah. That there is a, a point to be made for subtlety always, but also that the when other you're way. dealing on some issues, subtlety is not enough, you know? Mm. It's like 
when we talk about like the 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 time and time again that we return to fascism, it's like there's no point to fucking make a subtle movie about fascism because no. you're dealing and against the, something that is not subtle. And I think the best the best films that we've dealt with around fascism have been the ones that are just yeah, like, like out there. Yeah, on... they went they went there, you know, and in the end they were stronger for it because they had the strength of their convictions. Yeah, even like we were talking about last week the yeah. difference between Snowpiercer and Gattaca that is like the movie that goes balls to the wall usually yeah. is the most interesting one and yeah like I, 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 I did really like this movie and it's definitely like a film um, but at the same time like like you said that it's hard to describe on its own but also it's how much of it is uh, filmmaking I was wondering like it is a film but how much of it is just pure luck because it's like almost not edited as well yeah so it's like they just recorded and this is literally like the hour and 70 minutes that they recorded yeah like, for it's not though as far as I know they shot it over a few days like that wasn't it was all over like within that same time when the new year's thing is happening but that it's not all one day Okay, so they just structure the yeah. So it is parts of it are real and parts of it aren't. Like in the way of uh, have you seen Taxi? Yeah. Ah, like in the way of that they are actors, but it's it's this strange. This is what's so I think is is so interesting in this because um, it's it gives it it's like it's like another level of the idea of the construction of the thing. You know what I mean? That it's. It's half improvised, half just random occurrence, but then also ha- like parts of it they did plan and they did structure. Yeah. And but then like the moments where it's clear that it, it is real, but it, the whole thing has this strange serendipitous feeling to it almost, like that. Sorry, John Cusack. <laughs> Which we watched that we watched yesterday. Oh my god, <laughs> that is indeed serendipity. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, it's yes, it's the, Brilliant. It's the strange blending of um, all, all of documentary and drama, and like what I thought of a lot, but then also not at the same time is um is camera person definitely like i think the two of them are are very comparable but um like i think that this is almost more successful because it it is like this strange contained perfect thing of you know something that that came out of the randomness of when they did it rather than you know like there's always there's merit to you plan something perfectly and executed it but then also have been able to like that we're saying about instinct have been able to like identify when things are you know that there is potential in moments and like the that that is why that scene when he's in the lift is just oh yeah and your mind is so riveting the the guy the the, like such a good talker yeah or even like when he he has to clean the the bin from the lady with the dog at the the, she's trying to pot the dog on him (laughs) so i'll bring him down yeah i'll bring him down yeah oh so funny he's like oh have you asked mr farhani he goes back and he's like hey why did you bring me up like what the fuck (laughs) Oh, so funny. I, I, Which is talking about, like, the pizzas. Uh, like, these guys 
it's just if, if it's kind I don't of know like how they eat so much pizza. They're obviously smoking a ton of weight. Like <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, I used to deliver pizza. Like this guy has like fifteen jobs, but it's so he's like. Constantly... It's like what what degree do are you doing? Like our art fucking Research. researcher. <laughs> but he's like he's 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 so almost like mystified as to why the guy is even talking to him almost like as he answers questions he's just like you know oh i I just do this you know there's no he's incredibly engaging but doesn't realize that he is yeah you know what i mean he has no understanding of why anyone would ever want to talk to him because it's like he is just the person living his life like there he has no (laughs) you know what i mean and he's just like and and like you know he's doing his friend a favor but is so invested yeah so invested in getting those bins you know what i mean and it's like and like very like obsessed with people not getting near the bins because they're smelly or whatever and like he keeps calling him mister and like it's he's such a like amazing character it's like also hawk is like oh i come here all the time because my sister has a bath yeah and my dorm doesn't have a bath it's like like you can you can understand why as a filmmaker he went oh my god this guy I, you know th- and why you would want to follow him around for like an entire week yeah. just to see like because he almost is like the perfect embodiment of like Tehran or whatever of like what it's like to live there it's like this guy who and he do... looks like Ted from How You Met Your Mother or something kind of he was very handsome yeah though. and he had like his shirt his sort of like sharp little shirt as well and like white um, student shirt like yeah uh, yeah yeah and like he, he looks like he's just like so young and, and almost like enamored with the and, fact that this guy is a filmmaker and, and the amount of job yeah he's like oh you have a perfectly good and it's like Jaffer in the beginning is like oh jesus he saw the camera yeah because when he lets him in he's like is he a government person or yeah not it or feels like, like a risk the, the, to let the, him the in the paranoia kind of thing mm. But it's also like great when he starts just talking about uh, like when the police came in and stormed the place and you're like... But he's going Gee. in and out of the yeah. left as he tells it and it's like kind of an around like, he another makes story. It, like, he's really good at his job but he makes it in a really fucking weird system. Like he's like, yeah. he doesn't go like floor by floor. He's like, I was in five now, now to six, then to four. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> It's, well, it's just one of his many jobs. Uh, yeah, like yeah the, how many jobs does the guy has? Like, is, is <laughs> Clearly just like a guy that has no social life and like doesn't sleep. <laughs> He's just like between college and everything. But I love that he keeps asking him about his co- his college as well. And he's just like, never mind that. Like, you know, go back to, you know, are you studying? Like, why, why you know, what are you going to do with your degree? What are you going to do with your life? Like this kind of sort of like almost identifying a younger version of himself or something of, of like sort of identifying the creativity in him yeah. and, and not wanting him to have this drudgery life of, of like, you know, bins and But then you <laughs> see like the, 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 the moment also in the, in, in the film earlier on, the, his, the, the little actress throwing the tantrum. Oh my God, it's so perfect. To, not wanting to act in the movie anymore and then i'm not just, acting anymore let me off the bus and they're just like do we keep filming or <laughs> and jafar is like yeah yeah keep it like he's basically doing the same thing yeah and i was wondering it's like how did they is that bullshit that they shot afterwards for yeah. this movie or was it in the movie because like he goes, that's one of my first movies. But when you look at it, Jaffer looks exactly the same age. No, he definitely looks younger. Oh, no, okay. he does. Yeah. But what I find strange about that was that 
they'd switched from they're like obviously there's obviously two cameras because you know there's like them filming them filming it and it's like it's this weird thing of like when it switches from the one camera to the other camera yeah. that it almost becomes it, it like the construction steps in somehow if you know what i mean like the it, it, it is this like really fascinating mix of of becoming very engrossed in a scene and then you know every like two minutes being brought out of it again because of like yeah. them talking to each other and, it's... and they're recording off the tv and so yeah and but way... you don't notice at first and then the king he just pulls around it's so great like uh, i kept co- po- like the quality unfortunately is not hd so yeah uh, you can't see what is in his dvd collection yeah but every time i keep pauses like i just wanted to pause it to see if he had like die hard vengeance <laughs> or something at one point i'm fairly sure you can see buried oh, the fucking ryan reynolds movie? See, there's a mo- I, you can see the word buried on one of the titles so i was like and it looks like that font so i'm very curious if that could have been that movie because it would have been 2011 yeah yeah so it could have been it was like interesting <laughs> interesting choice yeah but i want him to like be watching like fucking prince of thieves or something <laughs> like a kevin costner joint but i can completely imagine that as well like he it's he's a very wry character as well like that even in just very small gestures you you like and in this a lot of this is like incredibly low quality and quite dark as well like you kind of even when he's not saying anything, you can kind of see his sort of like exasperation and like he's just incredibly like as a character, incredibly watchable. I think. Oh yeah, when he like finishes the conversation with the lawyer, and the lawyer won't fucking stop repeating herself. <laughs> yeah, and just like, like, okay, yep, bye, bye, yep, bye, bye, yep, bye, okay, bye, 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 bye. It just hangs up like. <laughs> it's so strangely like matter of fact or something as well. Like how when they're talking on the phone that it's you know it's like this is like his entire life basically yeah. is, is almost over and you're like waiting for this moment of of you know even though it's kind of like an inevitability it's it's that you know and he handles this in this very strange like stoic but also you know clearly quite it's this is a, like a freak emotional time for him as well like and that comes out whenever he's trying to make like actually like fuck this we're i'm acting out the script or whatever yeah. but like initially he is very he is very stoic, I think, and it's it's. He, he's an ultra granddad, like he, he... <laughs> he's not that old. Yeah, but he, <clears throat> like the way that he potters around and yeah. like or like the tea, like all the tea, like the amount. I think of he tea. eats a sugar cube at one point. Like, yeah, he just eats a sugar cube. But oh god, the opening scene! Like once you've already seen it, and so you know what's gonna happen. Rewatching the opening scene is fantastic because you can really just pay attention to it. You're not gonna sitting being like mystified by it so like just being able to appreciate him <laughs> with the jam you know yeah. and like the fact that like you know he's he's got like they're like pitches or something and he's literally just like you're putting like jam and like butter on them and just like eating them and like just sitting you know and then like how after it feels very constructed and then afterwards he points out that he's like i didn't like it because it felt felt constructed yeah. it felt wrong and you're like he's like oh it's bullshit it's yeah. bullshit it's uh yeah like um What's the line he says? Like, if you could, if you could speak a film, it wouldn't be a film or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you could describe a you describe mo- a movie, yeah, it wouldn't be. Why would you? If you could describe a movie and describe it well enough that you you the person could understand why, why the movie why you're movie. making the movie 
it's like it's but th that's interesting because inherently is the flaw of filmmaking because filmmaking usually the first step is a pitch yeah so for one like the pitch will be five minutes mm. so you can like miss if, out on technically if you have things a, or, yeah if you have shit. a successful pitch in a way, your film is less successful because, you know, that you're able to like, condense it down to a five minute description. Yeah. So what they say, oh, you have to have a good log line. It's mm. like, yeah, but if the film can be like reduced to two lines that you can put in the what first it, page, why do, you, why do you bother doing fucking 90 pages afterwards? Yeah. Like this is the ultimate example of how like, like what, what you really can do with, with nothing. And like the comparison between this and something like a massive big budget movie and all the people that are involved and like something that you could very easily synopsize in, uh, you know, two sentences like, you know, Jurassic World or whatever. You know what I mean? Something like that where it's just here's it, here it is, you know, and it's like th this is, is bringing something down to as low as, you know, like the, he's got like an iPhone. What is it like an iPhone? three or something yeah. it's like back Potato whenever camera. yeah back whenever they were still like all rounded at the sides and everything and like but i love that that scene whenever um he first starts so you're saying that life finds a way so you're saying. movies find a way um <laughs> i love that though whenever he's trying to um you know he records a bit with his his camera phone out the uh, the window and he kind of stops recording and his, his friends like keep recording like you must keep recording of like kind of there must be a record of yeah it. and like taking it at like it's not like a very meta thing of like when they're at the kitchen table like as it goes on like you know after that there's kind of less kind of talking about the fact that they're actually filming each other or whatever but like it uh that kind of thing of, of, of like, you know, well, what is this? Is this even a movie? Oh, I didn't even know what we're doing here, but whatever. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Just keep documenting. Because, like, him being able to appreciate, like... Like, he's a documentary. Yeah, so, like, and, like, it's that, that's, like, their, their dual, their dual instincts. You know what I mean? That it's, it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah, the, 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 what they say that like uh, you, you documentaries you find the film in the editing suite and i think that maybe they didn't even know if there was a film here oh i think definitely they got into, definitely yeah. to editing. but at the same time it's like how could you like have done the bin the the whole bin section and not think okay i need to make a film to have the like people need to see this part like even the fucking end when they come out there's like Jesus. the fire like he's like go back they'll see the camera and it's like, and it just, oh, it's that, that literally from when, kind of, I think from when they, he starts filming the other guy with the camera phone and the guy has to go because he wants to, and it's like this weird thing of, as well, actually, the, the, the strange juxtaposition between the, the modernity, like the, 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 the nice apartment, the nice apartment block, the, you know, the, the, the DVDs, the technology, he has, an, he has a, I, all the Apple products and everything, but then like, he, like juxtaposed like mixed with the violence and and how like in the very very end you know him coming up against it and the fact that the guy is like afraid is it his son or his daughter i can't remember now um like because he doesn't want them to be on the streets because like there is a real danger there yeah and like the fact that they live within in these like quite modern pretty apartments but within an incredibly dangerous time within a dangerous city like it's it's like the two levels of the like the violence and the persecution of like the 
of keeping him stopping him from creating and then the the more kind of like direct you know yeah fire <laughs> you're tearing me apart lisa <laughs> get it because it's tehran <laughs> well like um i think it's also interesting in the in the way of like not only boredom and and such but uh, like how like creatively you have to keep doing it it reminded me of the what uh the Oh, what's it called? The Mumblecore Brothers. Uh, the Duplass Brothers. <laughs> the Mumblecore Brothers. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. The, uh, Jay Duplass once in an uh, interview, they were asking him, like, oh, how did you get a break, you know, uh, in the industry? He goes, mm. I just kept doing shit. And also realization that sometimes uh, doing the, what you can with, like, that the work itself finds a way of being good the way, like, the way that this is. Like he was talking about how they spent about like 20 grand or something making a feature movie that they worked for like two years between him and his brother to come up with the funds, 20 grand, made a feature movie, didn't go anywhere, didn't get into any festivals Mm. or whatever. And then they made a short movie that was just him trying to leave, like record his voice message for like a for an answering machine. (laughs) <laughs> and that he'd keep fucking up because he has like like anger issues or like <laughs> he's hung up on his girlfriend or something. So it's like, oh, after the beep, fucking leave a message for Jay or whatever. He might be gone because if I'm not here, probably with my girlfriend. No, not because she left me. Kind of thing. <laughs> or, and that it got into Sundance and got the the prize. It was just because they were able. Yeah. Like with a like ca- like a mini DV camera or whatever because it was a good kind of story and mm. new and fresh, but not because of the equipment that they had, more because the idea was fresh. Yeah. Same way as this is like um this is an impossible film to make on purpose. Yeah. This is the only accidental movie that we have. Yeah. Seen like because even something like camera person is like the the, the footage even though there was she's a point using, for her being there. Yeah, in and the for first that footage place. to exist in the first yeah. place without being part of the movie, but it's not it's not that she like even in, that's why I had the issue in that film of like uh, her showing her children mm. and shit because it's obviously a construction. Yeah. And. Jafar apparently really is able to do that without like showing anybody else's faces but he creates entire characters yeah like the neighbors the who else knocks in the door there's a few people like oh the the, um the guy with the takeaway yeah yeah and they have a strange little exchange and you never see him either it's so perfect but it's like the fact that the guy is clearly standing in the hallway at the door with his the camera but he doesn't his instinct is not to go on the other side of the door. He just lets it play just looking at the open door. Like there's no, yeah. you know, like even just like little decisions like that or the fact that the whole thing with the dog, he doesn't move. There's no like kind of running around shaky cam element of this of like, yeah. you know, must capture like day in the life. It's like he has that ability to just sort of like that dog. To say no. <laughs> so funny. Like, <laughs> Sitting back and just letting things unfold. And it made me think, actually, going back to camera person, of um, of uh, the real kind of human thing of that, of, of when she sits the camera to get the lightning. And she gets the lightning. And you, she's like, you hear her go, oh, you know, and it's it's like those little things that, that end up being completely accidentally captured. And it's just 
you know both the lightning and the 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 gasp uh, yeah but like uh, in this movie also like uh, it shows how much of a punishment it is to suspend somebody's creativity that yeah. you're not allowed to do it it is one of the toughest sentences that I see. Like because even somebody like fucking okay, even though supposedly he was innocent of the crime that he committed, or perhaps not. Like but even like Ruben Hurricane Carter was able to fucking write, like while in prison, everybody else is allowed to create shit. You know, yeah. It's not only that he's supposed to go to jail, but also twenty years. Yeah, it's like, basically the rest of his life he can't. He can't create like it's and like you would feel almost like a part of you has been amputated. I feel. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I think that like as it's funny because like as you describe it, it doesn't. It, you know, how can you show that in something so simple? But like, it it's really really apparent. Like the the strange amputation of it, and like for someone who like his entire life has been this. And this this is his outlet. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just inc- it's incredibly sad and really quite poignant the way that they think that they're able to to capture that. And yeah, there's a quiet dignity to this movie dignity. that is like a... that's that is how I wanted to describe him. Like it's the stoic, it's the like yeah, it's it, it he does have a, a serious like that he is like it's subversive. It's you know he is he's getting his digs in, but but at the same time like. In a in a in a way, he's rebelling, but also accepting his fate in this very. He, he's like the guy that after uh, a girl leaves you, and instead of like calling her a bitch to everybody, is like becoming a better person that he ever was when. Yeah, yeah. She was he's with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like he he does good in spite of the other person that is like. <laughs> You left me because it wasn't successful. I'll show you success kind of thing. But in a nice way kind of thing. (laughs) Is that stoic? Yeah, but what I mean, but like in a quiet little way. He's the kind of person that like the... The, the other person is talking shite about him on the other and he's like I'm not even gonna fucking oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's, not even gonna fucking talk about it it's the road yeah. of of of, um, of rebellion <laughs> he's like, against your comrade but like even the, the, the way that this is, this film by its own existence is an act of rebellion but it's the quietest but equally because also this movie uh, clearly uh, there's a moment in it that you realize that it clicks and Jafar Pahani's head that it's this is his way out mm. the, uh, the the other director goes the only way that you're gonna get out is that there is like a response from the international community mm. not like the internal community they're you, not helping like, and they're not gonna and it's not like even Jafar goes like everybody's in the same position that he is yeah even his friend so, like, who's uh, helping him now is but, like putting himself at risk by yeah. even helping him because you know even though he hasn't been banned he's like facilitating this like quasi film documentary it's it, it, you you feel the risk of it i think of of like of something that's so simple and like you know for us quite fundamental or really for like most people the idea of like you know just being able to take out your phone and film something is like you know that's a right almost to people yeah. And that, like, the idea of you suddenly just not being able to do that and, like, even having the camera in your apartment is dangerous. Yeah. Like, that, you feel that risk, I think, like, 
but within this incredibly like strangely pleasant little story <laughs> with Iggy as the star. Yeah, Iggy the the iguana. Do you know iguana? Fucking Valkyrie shows up and Valkyrie looks like more CGI than an iguana ever could. <laughs> It's uh, weird as well to like for a film that like at the end is my favorite thing in the movie nearly. Mm, is, uh, that doesn't happen very often, does it? <laughs> the credits as well that is yeah. like special thanks and it's just da 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 in affiliation with da 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 da. It's just these little jokes, like yeah. there's little little jokes like hidden everywhere, which is what's so wonderful about it. Yeah, it's a very, like, I don't understand how he can make a movie that is this, um, not only pleasant, but, like, yeah. almost quaint. I know. About, like, House Arrest. I and, know, and, like, I know. Like, <laughs> and even, like, like whenever he, like, gets the tape and he's, like, you know, plotting out the girl's room and he's like, oh, no, wait, this is going to be the door. And he, like, and he makes, like, in the second time, he makes little stairs by putting lines of tape. Yeah. And he's, like, going down the stairs. And it's just so, like... And then it's amazing as well, the fucking opulence of his apartment that is, like, <laughs> oh, the entire house is this carpet. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like... <laughs> I'm, like, you don't really realize... The bourgeoisie vast. Yeah, you don't really... <laughs> until like you're kind of halfway through you realize how big the place actually is or like, like that each floor is what an apartment yeah they're massive like and like like i really love the um the shots of him on the balcony yeah um not least because of that feckin' crane which comes so close to him well like it probably not but it, from where the camera is it looks incredible and it's just like swinging like quietly around while he's just there and then like going along like watering the plants and everything but like clearly not really into it and just kind of like Ugh. you know like in the same way of like feeding Iggy you know he's like so sick of like this is all he can do is like feed the crazy iguana like and that you really get the idea that like he spends a lot of his time talking to that iguana yeah. you know what I mean like uh, well they take the like uh, movies that are made obviously by locals is the you see this version versus the like something like argos Ar- yeah argos. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> One like, million goes, products. like uh how do how do we free the americans out of uh of this embassy oh let me see the 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 fucking i'll check the warehouse <laughs> Uh, to check the what was the name of the book the the, the catalog. catalog yeah oh my god the more he gets the sleepier Ricardo gets the the smaller his lexicon becomes <laughs> I'm reverting <laughs> I just turn around like yeah fucking you turn around and I'm wearing like a sombrero and a fucking <laughs> but you're like a fetus yeah <laughs> like. But it's a... Argo, yeah. So yeah. Argo's representation of Iran and like the history and everything and like the very like Western idea of it. And then the fact that like even though like when you see the the small amount of the city, which is just like from the balcony or whatever, um it it's it's the locals' view of it, of, of like the, the, the kind of like the residential part of it. Yeah, and also like how vibrant like it has the same amount of cranes as something yeah. like as Dublin does. It's like it's a big city. Like it's mm. not on a there's always gonna city have a well. like yeah, it's like when fucking something like um Only Lovers Left Alive or, or so the way that they show Morocco was quite interesting and in that 
Detroit is shown more as the touristy way that a filmmaker would show, yeah. like shoot it, but Morocco feels more like yeah. oh, somebody that lives there. It's not Woody Allen in thing. Europe, yeah. you know. It's like... Oh Jesus Christ, fucking <laughs> Gaudi! But it's the the, the weird thing, like uh, the filmmakers like Jafar Parani is the reason why I got into filmmaking. Mm. And not only like the, like his other work as well, but specifically this film that is the idea that film can be a force for good, mm. and also how it is also a way to provide catharsis to your own life. Mm. And it's the combination of the two really that the, the like interests me. Yeah, this, like the... that almost like it's an escape both for the audience and to for yourself. Mm. You know the. Like, be it that you're dealing with, it could be that the subject matter is either personal to you or completely impersonal. But it's like, oh, I'm making the film about the life that I wish I had or whatever. That everything that originates, like any idea that comes out, uh, is always personal to you because you have had that idea. You know, mm. even if it's if it's hard to trace, like that there's not like a one-to-one kind of equality to like, oh... In this movie, he did this because when he was 16, this happened, you know, it's Mm. more that it can be just a train of thought or something that you read or something. But it's just things that stick with you. And the the same way how he he was making a movie about like, I know that he was fairly well off from a fairly well off family Mm. uh, originally. And it's the interesting thing that all his films are really about people of economic disadvantage mm. really or um, like the the circle as well which is incredibly interesting like the from the, the female kind of aspect of it yeah like but you know like sort of looking at all parts of society that it wouldn't have been directly like relevant to his actual life i suppose but being able to like very authentically portray kind of the other sides of iran or whatever you know like it's he he has that like, ability of 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 being able to, like creating like fiction film but giving them a real realistic like the very like docudrama almost style to them yeah but, um <clears throat> it's like he he's a man with great empathy for others like yeah. it's not even sympathy it's like truly being no no able no to, it's, it's not it is them. it's the true it's the true cinematic empathy and like and really like even just going back to like about his the personal thing for him and the catharsis for him it was like whenever he's in the lift and as you know when he kind of gets in and you really feel that it's igniting his passion yeah for that of of telling stories but also like getting stories from people and like capturing capturing the ideas of of like people and you know their their hopes and because it's very much that exchange is very much about like his that kid's future and yeah what he does and what he wants to and do like, and like if you see the difference between him interviewing somebody like that imagine fucking herzog in the same spot <laughs> like he would have followed the same yeah like he would have followed the guy but the questions would have been like completely different <laughs> yeah so i don't know empathy is a word that is directly herzog, related no. to herzog no apathy her- more than anything i think empathy yeah because it's not even judgmental a lot of the time it's just a strange curiosity, but in no way attachment to humanity. Like it's yeah, Herzog. Herzog is an alien. Like this. yeah, like uh, <laughs> he he fucking came in the same spaceship as Bowie. <laughs> yeah, they just left him behind because he's so obnoxious. 
<laughs> Moe's just like, you're not coming with me, Werner. Like, no. Um, That's like he's like, the trees are screaming. <laughs> the trees are in misery. Uh, <laughs> when you're watching it for the first time, at least for me, is the... It's like, oh, like Tehran is not that much of a war zone because you hear the the fireworks mm. in the background and then the police going to try to find who the fuck <laughs> is setting out the fireworks. But because it goes like, bam, and then alarms, mm. you think gunshot. Yeah. And because you don't know that the fireworks is coming, it's like, Jesus Christ. And Tehran is just like in the... <laughs> Like in the in the veranda, not fucking giving a shit. I was like, "What a tough motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> what a badass! This is what it's like to live in a war zone. <laughs> um, yeah, Ugh, he's just such a great, great character. And it kills me as well. Like when the 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 guy in the lift is like, "Oh yeah, you have that this amazing professional camera inside," and it's like, "Jesus!" Like the thing is SD quality. Like you want to fucking TV. Like yeah, you want to show like fucking RTE news on it. Like, <laughs> nationwide like the the guy falling on the ice was shot in higher definition <laughs> hey <laughs> that was a pivotal moment for us yeah, as a country <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah boy could have been killed <laughs> but it's hilarious <laughs> don't make any unnecessary journeys um <laughs> there's one thing that, that actually whenever particularly whenever he's talking about his other movies um it's almost like like it's like a weird like you know like it was like a director's commentary or something yeah you know what I mean because he's like kind of you know he was like putting on the second movie as well and like the whole thing of like talking about direction as well is uh is just really interesting and and like you know directly pointing out the the thing of um it's you know they they were directing for me kind of thing that that yeah. You know, I wasn't directing where that movie was going. Because he uses so many non-actors. Yeah. That you, you can't plan you can't with predict, non-actors. Yeah. You have to go with the flow. It's, the, it's almost like documentary, like structural documentary filmmaking mm. because you can't get them to the point that you want them to be uh, like artificially. It has to be everything organically. Mm. And I think it's very interesting that he does that in his films. Um, but like also like what you said about like director commentaries that is also one of my favorite things like when I used to have the time to do oh, it listening like to listen them. oh to I love them they're so interesting like not always but I mean there are some really really amazing ones out there and sometimes even from like films that you wouldn't even think would be that interesting you end up getting these little nuggets of that it's like the, the <laughs> word that, that is like Spielberg never did a, a director's commentary that is like the mystery of filmmaking as mm. well but um, I think that the, the more interesting commentaries is not about how the films were actually made, but it's more like the thought process of, mm. or the feeling that they had on that day of the shoot kind of thing. Mm. That it... They have a kind of interesting thing, like the New York Times do it, um, where they'll have uh, usually like kind of as, as part of the, the review for a film, um, they'll have like a scene out of it and they'll get the director to talk through it. And sometimes they're really, really interesting. Uh, and it'll only be like a very short scene and literally just like sometimes they talk about how they made it or why they wanted it this way. But a lot of time it's just talking about the real feeling that they were trying to evoke from it and, and what yeah. they're... Some of them, they're just little, little nuggets, but they're so great. Um, it's like that somebody went like, oh, to Paul Thomas Anderson, what's the, the shot you remember the most from shooting the Masters? And he goes, oh, one that is not in the film that we were shooting like in Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, yeah. And I got a call from my wife saying that she she had a baby. I, he's like that's the, the like one that I remember they're like my favorite couple because I love her as well Who who's PTA's wife? Uh, Maya Rudolph 
No way. Did you not know that? No. That's why, like, she's in, whenever she's in um, Inherent Vice, she's like a, she's like a secretary or something. Yeah. She's really pregnant because she's got, like, they've got, like, five kids or something. Do you not oh, know that? No. Yeah, they're, like, the cutest couple ever. Oh, my God. Um, PTA. PTA. But you kind of, like, because she's really funny and it's, like, yeah, they just, I can imagine, like, how they're just really weird and they have, like, those are really weird kids. <laughs> but, um, oh, PTA forever. PTA for uh, the phantom <laughs> threat instead of thread get it no okay what directed your... by Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> what was um <laughs> what was your favorite thing uh favorite thing is Jaffer like uh yeah. like uh he is just a riveting character and I think that everything obviously flows through him in this mm. so um like without him there is no film mm. well if there is a film yeah. Uh, but yeah like i think that um it's like the culmination of also the the persona that he created through his films up to this point i, I think is the the interesting i'd be interested of seeing this movie with somebody that hasn't seen him mm. any of jaffer's films just to like try to gauge him, it's like well, yeah. What? How do you how do you read him? Yeah, I never really thought of that. Like, yeah, or even yeah, that's kind of interesting actually because this because is, I already had a conception of like in my mind of, of his what idea kind of, yeah. of, of or like his his sort of worldview. That's interesting actually. I didn't because think I'd of be that. completely surprised if he had turned out to be like a Herzogian character, you know? Yeah, because like that I doesn't had, come across. Yeah, in his films, like I. And not to say that there there is empathy in Herzog's movies, particularly something like the the Curious Case of Casper um, Hauser mm. and uh, well, the Enigma of Casper Hauser. Mm. The Curious, <laughs> the Curious yeah, I was Case. like, what are <laughs> you talking Fincher. about? Um, <laughs> and Bruno well, I think, even, I think even within Grizzly Man, though, I think that he has a certain certain empathy for him. Don't listen to the tape. <laughs> you must never listen to the tapes. Don't um, listen to the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> 13 summers with the bears. Uh, <laughs> Warner forever. But at the same time, it doesn't have the fucking weird uh, uh, corner. This is the watch <laughs> that he was wearing. I don't know. Fucking like Alaskan Christopher Waltz. <laughs> Christopher Waltz. I love that whenever, like, especially in documentary, whenever you just encounter a fucking weirdo. <laughs> there is like no awareness of how odd they are. I love that. But um, there's a few of those in. Um, did you see, um, I was about to say going clear, um, God, what's the name of his most recent documentary about the internet? Oh, the, the fucking peril, the, uh, yes, I, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the, I didn't see the, the Inferno one either. The oh, me neither, one. but, I, uh, uh, I just stopped going clear in my head now. Fuck you, Alex, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's the same where he just manages to encounter some absolute oddballs. Like, well, I I love encounters at the end of the world as well. There's like uh, making a movie about why men with masks and why children tell lies or whatever the fuck. But forever, uh, like that New Yorker article about the making of a rescue town oh is the God. greatest fucking article ever. So fantastic. But going back from Werner Herzog, yeah, I, I, I did really enjoy the movie. And I think that, like, Jaffer and everything, I mean, like, even the decision to follow the the Bing guy is, like, that's Jaffer, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, what's your favorite thing? The scene in the, in the left, that whole sequence is just... 
lifted the whole film. It, yeah. But, I mean, what's funny about this movie is that, like, I watched so much of it with, like, like a smile on my face. Yeah. It, there's just such warmth here. And, like, particularly that scene. Like, it's just... It, it's wonderful. Like, it, it really does... It, it does elevate the film and, <laughs> and uh, it really it caps it off perfectly I think so uh, yeah what was your least favorite thing um probably yeah like the the whole recreation of the of the film I mm, think the, probably me too as well it is the it's the least interesting aspect of the movie and also by far the most constructed one mm. but also not like the way that he says in the beginning oh it was bullshit because I was just like playing eating Mm. because it was a constructed moment i turn on the camera and then i'm eating and then i'm supposed to be it's meant to be mundane but it's not mundane it because it's constructed like, yeah but that they, there's not uh, self-awareness for those moments and also i don't think that like he says that like explain like it does have the payoff of saying like oh if you can explain a movie yeah that is all oh, that line is so great and the way he says it but i think that it does take a, too a long, long time to get there, to get there yeah. but at the same time it's like if that's not there and there's no other material to put in the movie since it's a documentary it would have been 60 minutes and not available for cancer so i understand why so like so like probably it's a good decision to kill the pacing in the beginning of the movie and then let it flow mm. then uh, do it the opposite way around so like it's not exactly the kind of film that the audience that will go and see it will complete like leave the cinema if they're not completely riveted in the first 20 minutes you know i don't know can <laughs> that's a fucking weird place it can happen <laughs> I... what so your least favorite thing is also the yeah yeah the first the first section of it it just yeah it's, it's a little bit too long um uh it just it does it, it kills it slightly but and it, afterwards it, it it's like it's just so brilliant but um yeah like i just love this movie it's just it warms my heart <laughs> warms the cockles of your heart yes exactly it's like the man without a past documentary yes yes exactly it has that same humanist element of it to it i think um so yeah although we'll never be able to describe it if you haven't yeah. if you haven't seen it you should watch it's the it. kind of movie that if you describe it to somebody they go like why would i want to watch yeah, this like you know same time it's a, what i mean if i didn't know who jeff Barney was i would have got like not trusted yeah the filmmakers to, because it could have been very easy an ego trip like it would have oh, been yes, so yes, yes. Like, and if anything it's the opposite you know like it completely deglorifies him as a person or mm. like a and filmmaker of, in a yeah. way because so you literally just point the camera and you make a film and you mm. get in can but you know at the same time you had to the have same the time you're getting arrested and yeah the but also like this movie manages to hide its mastery yeah you know in a way that it's unshowy mastery, I suppose. And then you also had to have the look of like having an interested big guy, like. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because if that scene is not there, there's no movie. In my yeah, view. like it uh, really holds everything together. Yeah, um. So yeah. So that was uh. Was this not, was not a. <laughs> this was not a podcast. Uh, next week's film. Ricardo's pick. Pick up on South Street, Sam Fuller from 1953. Woo! Another short movie it's as well. It's time. Cool. Very excited for that. 
Fantastic. Where can they find us, Ricardo? They can find us on at the recommendation game. Nope. Yeah, at the right game on Twitter, the recommendation game on Facebook, the recommendation game at gmail.com. We also have the Mixcloud for Dublin Digital Radio. And if you want to support independent Irish radio, please donate to the Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yes. Um, I was Orla Magnus. And I was Ricardo Tika. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Or not. <laughs> but yes. Next week.